Mind Body Masters, hello and welcome to episode number six of the podcast. And as always, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here today. So thanks for tuning in. Now, today's episode is going to be massive for you. Um, if you're anything like me and you've experienced things like self-sabotage and not being able to necessarily move forward in life in the way that, you, that you'd like, well, this episode might give you a really good understanding why. So today's episode is titled, Why You'll Sabotage everything in your life to maintain human connection. Now, human connection is massive. It is one of the most important things for our health and well-being. I'm going to talk more about that today uh, specifically. And we're also going to talk about how the undercurrent or the fear or the, the, um, or the fear of losing human connection is one of the biggest factors in self-sabotage. So by the end of this episode, not only do I want to give you a great understanding as to why having good uh, social connections is so important for your health, but I want to shine a light on maybe some of the unconscious self-sabotage patterns that you have in your life so that you can bust them and move forward with ease and grace. So make sure you stay tuned. Hello, my name is Jade Curry. I specialize in the mind-body connection and teaching people how to heal themselves. This podcast is going to show you exactly how to become a true mind-body master so that you can break free from the old emotions and patterns in your mind that have kept you stuck. When you're able to do this, you can heal yourself physically from the inside out, unlock your true potential, and live a life of flow, experiencing inspiration and energy like never before. If you're ready to learn how to harness the healing powers of your mind and develop the tools to become emotionally bulletproof, well, stay tuned as we heal, grow, and evolve. Okay, so human connection, it's a pretty big topic and um, one that I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to. So the reason I wanted to share this is because there's been a couple things in the world at the moment where human connection has really been brought to the forefront. So most m- most um, recently, the coronavirus. Now, there's been, as <laughs> you've been living under a rock, um, obviously, there's been some legislation and some um, mandates in order where, whereby we're having to stay at home, we're having to social distance, we're having to self-isolate. These are all new terms that I'd never heard of um, prior to this this whole virus situation. And what we're going to look at is we're going to look at well, what are the implications of being isolated? What are the implications of feeling alone? What are the implications uh, in terms of your health? if that is you and if you're going through something like that. And of course, what you can do about it. We're also gonna be talking about self-sabotage. So this is a concept that I am really fascinated with. It is all about when you consciously want something in your life, whether it be to grow your business, maybe make more money, maybe lose weight, right? You consciously want something and you know it's going to be good for you, but unconsciously, you always repel it. You might get so far up the ladder and then bang, you'll fall right back down. And the need for human connection, in my opinion, is one of the biggest factors in self-sabotage. And so I hope by the end of this episode, you're going to get a really good understanding of yourself and maybe why you're self-sabotaging. Because when you understand your own patterns, the unconscious patterns that are happening in your mind, well, then when you feel that pattern coming up again, you can choose differently and create a different outcome. You can stop self-sabotaging and finally um, attract the wealth or grow your business or finally lose the weight that you're after. 
So let's just take a step back now and let's look at human beings as if we're animals. So one of the things that I like to think of is that human beings are pack animals. I'm going to say that again because it's it's massive. Human beings are pack animals. Now, we might not think that's the case today, but we are wired for connection. Children learn and grow by through their through connections. There's there's so many studies done on this in terms of like mirroring in babies um, and in terms of the stimulus that kids need in order to learn and grow and develop, connection is number one. It's one of the most important things. And we know that if, if a baby doesn't have good um, connection with its mother, for example, well, it's going to fail to thrive. So it's just such a massive thing, this whole human connection thing. And we're going to look at that in a lot more detail as to why it's so important. But imagine you are a caveman. Imagine we're all living back in the Paleolithic era we're hunter-gatherers, um, and this is where understanding humans as pack animals starts to make way more sense, right? So the reason we're pack animals is because there is safety in numbers. So if you're a caveman, for example, and you have a really solid pack, well, two things are going to really be useful for you that are going to um, allow for your safety and your survival. So... Firstly, you're much more likely to be safe in terms of if there's a predator that's coming in, you're far more likely to ward off a saber-toothed tiger if there is 30 of you as opposed to if there is one of you. So by being in a large group, it meant safety for a lot of these Paleolithic cavemen people. The other thing is food and and, um, sustenance is you're far more likely as a caveman, to be able to have uh, food and nutrients if you've got a large group of you. You're far more likely to get a kill. You're far more likely to um, enjoy the spoils of a kill. Whereas if you're by yourself, there's less chance of you being able to um, essentially capture or kill an animal in order to sustain your life. So this is something that was deeply ingrained in human beings many, 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 many years ago, but it is still such a prevalent undercurrent in our psyche. And if we don't have, if we feel like we're separated from our pack or we don't feel like we're a part of our pack, well, it's akin to death. It's one of our biggest unconscious fears because think about it, back in the day, if you were a caveman and you were ousted from your pack or you were separated from your pack somehow and you were just left alone, Essentially, that would mean death for you at some point because you're far more likely to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger and you're much more likely to starve because you can't actually find your food. So we're going to talk about uh, this in more detail, but I'm going to share with you um, something called the Rosetto Effect. And this will start to make more sense in terms of how human connection is so important for our health. Yeah, so one of the biggest factors is that maintain having good human connections is really key for our health and from a germany medicine perspective isolation conflicts are one of the most problematic when when a human being feels isolated or abandoned or like a fish out of water and just doesn't fit and fit in anywhere doesn't have its pack well then it like we talked about in the previous episodes episodes one through five And by the way, if you haven't listened to those episodes, make sure you go back right now and listen um, to those episodes in full. 
because it'll give you a really clear understanding of everything we're going to be talking about today and going forward. Those first five episodes are really the foundation episodes. They set the scene and they will be the, the, the solid foundation where we'll build further learnings on. Now, in those episodes, I talked about how stress in the environment or perceived stress in the environment will actually cause our body to physically adapt and change. And modern medicine would love to label those adaptations disease or problems, whereas we look at it as being their meaningful and their, their purposeful changes to help you cope with the, the changes in the environment, with the stress in the environment. Now, with when a human feels isolated or abandoned, that creates a whole heap of changes and can often really complicate um, a lot of conditions that might otherwise be relatively mild. For example, if you were to get um, some kind of bronchitis, that might turn into a full-blown um, pneumonia or something like that when when you've got the, the feeling of being isolated. Now, one of the reasons being is because with the isolation conflict, it affects the kidney collecting tubules. And what happens during that stress is the body will actually work as hard as it can to conserve water. So by conserving water, it's actually a very smart mechanism to help you survive. Think about it. If you were a wolf or a caveman and you got separated from your pack, maintaining water and fluid is going to help you survive because water is so necessary for literally every single uh, metabolic process in the body. So isolation leads to water retention. And if you're going through some other kind of condition, like a bronchitis, for example, having more swelling around the site where the, the tissue is adapting and changing and healing is going to create further, more problematic symptoms. And so in Germany medicine, um, the kidney collecting tubule is called the syndrome because when coupled with other um, healing phases, it can really lead to a lot of complications. Now, I want to talk now about the Rosetto effect. So Rosetto is a town in America. I think it's somewhere in the Midwest. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But in the 1960s, uh, America had one of the highest incidences of heart disease in the world. They were There was heart attacks and heart disease left, right and center. And at this time, Rosetto, this, this town, had almost no heart disease. Um, disease, which was really interesting. And the people that started to look at this were looking at, at that time, diet was really hot. It was all about saturated fat. And if you ate lots of saturated fat, well, then that was what was clogging your arteries and causing you to have heart disease. And so these people realized that um, the town of Rosetto had really low levels of heart disease. And so like, okay, let's have a look and go, what are they eating? What are they What's their diet like that's going to be contributing to them having such low levels of heart disease? And maybe we can find some answers there and maybe we can help the rest of the country by helping them eat better. So this is the 1960s and uh, Rosetto was an Italian uh, immigrant community. And by the way, you can look this up online, just Google the Rosetto effect um, or the Rosetto study. Um, so yeah, 1960s, there was a really tight-knit Italian community. And so these people came in and they looked at what they were eating and, and what kind of lifestyle they led. And it turns out they were eating heaps of really rich, refined Italian foods, drinking lots of 
like wine and eating lots of bread and all this kind of stuff that would we would label bad food. Plus they were smoking cigars and, and doing all this kind of stuff that we would think is really not conducive to good heart health. But here they were experiencing fantastic health. And so researchers were kind of left scratching their heads and going, well, they actually eat a lot worse than, than most Americans. And so it was, it was only in retrospect that we started to realize what, what was so special about this community and what was so special in terms of them having such fantastic heart health. So it was, wasn't until the 1980s that the town of Rosetto started to experience heart disease and it actually started to catch up with the rest of America at that point. And so what was different? What was different between the 1960s and the 1980s in this community? Well, in the 1960s, like I said, it was an Italian immigrant community. And so everyone, there was such an amazing sense of community in this town. There were, there was like three generations living under the one roof. Um, everyone had their little communities. All the men would go and play cards together and hang out. They'd work together, they'd, they'd drink together. And they had this really close connection. Family units were really strong. And towards the 1980s, what actually started to happen is a lot of these really like family generational homes started to break down and they started to go more the way of the modern, the modern family. So mom and dad and some kids living under the one roof and that sense of community started to really diminish and started to sort of um, look like the rest of America, look like the rest of the Western world. And so that's when they, they started to experience more heart disease. And so looking back at it now, it seems obvious. It's it's not that the food is the, the cause of heart disease. It's not eating more saturated fat or drinking less wine or smoking less cigars. It's actually human connection. And if you have a really good human connection, well, then it's going to keep you healthier than if you don't. So why is human connection so important for health? Well, let's just look about it. So looking at it from a German New Medicine perspective, when we experience stressful events, unexpected emotional conflicts, well then that causes our body to physically adapt and change to help us cope. And if those, when you're in that stress period, if that stress is really, really high, you're going to have really large healing symptoms. And healing symptoms, like we've discussed in previous episodes, is typically when you get sick. You don't get sick when you're in the middle of stress. It's it's when the stress goes away. And the best example of this is, I'm sure everyone here can relate to, they've been through a really stressful period, whether it be exams at school or a really stressful period at work, and they're not sick at all. They're wired. There's adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your body. You're not sleeping well. You've got cold hands and cold feet. Your appetite's really low. You don't get sick during this time. You get sick, well, six in inverted commas here, you get healing symptoms when the stress finishes. So when exams are over, when you go on vacation from your job and you finally get a chance to relax, that's when the, the conflict will resolve and that's when the healing symptoms will take place. So having a really tight community, imagine if you're going through a really stressful um, a really stressful time at work or a really stressful exam period, if you've got good community, it allows you to talk. It allows you to um, feel supported. It allows you to feel like you've got your people around. And how good does it feel if you have something that something that really hits you unexpectedly, something that's really emotional, and makes you feel really stressed? 
if you're able to talk about that with someone that really cares, how much better do you feel at the end of it, right? Um, Will, one of my mentors, his mother used to say, a burden shared is a burden halved. And I think that is so true is if you're feeling really stressed or something, something's really traumatic has happened to you, or you're just going through a stressful period at work, if you've got someone to talk to, someone to ex- express how you're feeling in a really open way, well, then it makes you feel less stressed. And so as a result, by being able to downregulate your stress, well, then you're not going to be getting the same level of healing symptoms. So the, remember, the more stressed you are, the bigger your healing symptoms typically are, depending on what how you perceive the conflict, how you perceive the unexpected emotional event. Now, how you perceive it is going to determine where in your body that's going to impact, what parts of the body are going to be affected. Okay, so let's look at this now from a self-sabotage perspective. And what we've just realized is that maintaining human connection is one of the biggest drivers for our safety and survival. Because if we have our pack, unconsciously, we know that that means that we're safe. It means that we're not going to experience danger. And if we do, well, we've got our crew there. We've got our pack there that's going to help us through it. So feeling isolated and feeling abandoned or feeling like you're losing connection with your pack is one of the biggest factors for self-sabotage. And I've realized this in my own journey over the last few years is when you do something different from the pack, and you feel like you're maybe being ridiculed or you're feeling like you're separated, it creates such anxiety because it's like you don't want to be separated. You want to maintain that connection. So self-sabotage, I've been doing it for years and I'm only starting to really understand this from a biological perspective, from a, a brain perspective. And I want to share some stories with you of not only myself, but also my clients. But we'll first start with me. And one of the things with this work is it's quite it's quite controversial. It literally goes against the medical model. And so for a lot of years, I was really hesitant to share this message with you because I was scared of how it would be received. And sure enough, as I started to share this message, I copped a lot of um, flack and criticism from people that in, in my world. And so I can see why that would have stop me putting this message out there. And by putting this message out there, I know that that's what I'm here to do. I know that this is the message that I'm here to share, which is why I'm sharing it here with you today. But there was that self-sabotage in me. It was like, okay, Jake, you know what you need to do. You need to share this message. It's going to help a lot of people. But at the same time, I would share the message so much and then boom, I'd feel that, that, um, disconnection from my pack. I'd feel people starting to criticize me or, ridicule what I was doing and I just I'd I'd keep myself quiet and so this was a really interesting pattern in my own life is going I could see how me wanting to maintain connection with my pack was the thing that kept me playing small it was the thing that stopped me putting this message out there and it wasn't until I recognized that pattern and going hey it's actually okay if I annoy some people or this challenges some people's viewpoint because that's not what I'm here to do. And I know that I'm going to be safe. I'm never going to be alone, right? I'm never going to be, it's not like I'm a caveman anymore. And if I do something different from the pack, they're not going to completely outs me from the from the pack and I have to sleep alone and ward off predators myself. It's not the case. But the, the, the fear that I experienced 
was akin to the same fear that a caveman would feel. It's biological because we don't want to experience that isolation. As cavemen, isolation meant death. And so it comes up and you, you feel really nervous or anxious or you don't want to share your message. But is that fear necessarily real? And that was a question I had to ask myself. Is this fear of being criticized or being um, ousted from my pack, is this a real fear in the modern world? Am I actually going to die? And the answer was no, it's not. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to survive. Um, if I do something different from the pack, well, then I'm going to be okay. Now, how many of you can relate to this in terms of wanting to do something different, maybe from your family or your friends and feeling a sense of disconnection with them? Maybe you're on a path of um, doing a lot of personal growth and development and your friend, your friendship group aren't. They're, they're happy just staying where they are and the more you grow you sense this scent this disconnection between them it's like you feel like maybe you don't have everything in common anymore like you used to and so that sense of disconnection is often what can create massive patterns of self-sabotage so maybe you are on the personal development um, journey and path and you're growing 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 and your friends are staying the same and then you'll feel this sense of uneasiness you'll feel this sense of fear and you'll just gradually bring yourself back down to their level to maintain that human connection. So I want to share the story of a client of mine and um, this is going to really highlight one of the self-sabotaging patterns and for this guy it was to do with finances and money and he wanted to really grow his business and become wealthy but he just kept hitting these like plateaus, these glass ceilings and dropping right back down to where he was, which was kind of kind of struggling with money, kind of broke, all this kind of stuff. And so anyway, he we, we were sort of chatting about something completely unrelated. And he was describing how he would, hey, I really want to grow my business. I really want to do this, but I just can't get past this block. I feel stuck. And so we talked about it. And anyway, so this bloke was doing a similar line of work to his old man, his dad, Sorry, there was two very Australian, <laughs> very Australian sayings in one sentence there for any of the international listeners. Um, but so he was in a similar line of work to his dad. And I said to him, the question that really helped him understand this pattern, I said, what would happen if you became more successful and made more money than your father? How would that make you feel? And he was like, he thought about it for a moment. He's like, oh man, of course, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to outshine my dad because he's the one who sort of taught me all this he's the one who helped me get to the point where I am and I said to him as a little kid what was your father like was he really secure in himself or was he a little bit kind of um did he have a bit of low self-esteem because if you picked up on that as a kid that your father maybe had low self-esteem you would want to do everything that you can to make sure that he felt okay because the thing is as kids we need our parents for our survival. And so we want to make sure that they're okay. We'll do everything to make sure that they're okay because in turn, it makes sure that we're okay. And if we're sensing that maybe our, our father or our mother is feeling uneasy or disconnected or anything like that, we'll make sure that they feel okay. And so this guy realized that one of his patterns around money was he didn't want to make his father feel uncomfortable or feel ashamed at what he was earning because his son was earning more than him. 
And once he actually looked at that, once he actually saw this unconscious pattern for what it was, he was able to start making some, like now he's able to start making some different choices. Because the thing is, is it real? Is it real that your father's going to be upset with you for you making more money? Does it mean that you're going to lose connection with him? Because that was, that was the, at the end of the day, that was the underpinning fear, the fear of losing connection with his father. And so I asked him that, are you going to lose connection with your father if you become wildly successful and wealthy? And he was like, no, of course not. And I go, will he feel uncomfortable that you're making more money than him? And the answer that he came back was maybe initially, maybe for a little bit, but then he's actually going to be really proud of me. He's actually going to be so proud because he taught me everything that I know. And when he sort of realized that, now he's got an ability to move through this self-sabotage because it's conscious. Because previously it was completely out of his mind. He wasn't even aware he was doing it, but unconsciously he would just pull himself right back to maintain connection with his father. And so having that understanding means you can choose differently. When you feel that feeling come up, when you're realizing, hey, maybe I'm self-sabotaging here. Maybe I'm not putting myself out there and sharing my message, or maybe I'm, I'm, I don't want to shine too much, or I don't want to upset, I don't want to rock the boat. And then you pull yourself back down. Ask yourself, is this fear real? Is this fear something that I actually need to be worried about? And look, where is where am I trying to maintain connection with the people that I care about? And nine times out of 10, it would have been a pattern learnt from childhood is you want to maintain connection with your family. Uh, another client of mine had an experience where um, she was always trying to achieve things and become really like always a bit showy, so, so to speak, like achievements and wanting to do things really well and all this kind of stuff. But there was always a sense of unease with creating those achievements. And what she realized is that her father actually said that when she was a little girl, she was really, really relaxed and, and happy. But then when her little brother was born, well, then all of a sudden she became a completely different child. She became really needy. And she realized in that moment that perhaps when her little brother arrived, she lost some attention from her family, from her parents, which naturally you would, right? A newborn comes into the house, a little three-year-old's going to lose their mom and dad. And so this girl realized that her, her strategy in that moment was to achieve, to be, to, to be loud and to like make sure she got her parents' attention because when she got her parents' attention, it meant that she felt safe. But that was really starting to cost her in, in her life. And, and she now knows, she can now start to move through this as well because she's aware of the unconscious pattern that's been holding her back, okay? So this is how you bust through self-sabotage. And I've been getting some, some having, I've been having some help with this recently from a few of my mentors as well. And it's really, really amazing. And how you do it is you first need to become aware of where you're self-sabotaging. So maybe it's your finances. Maybe you get to a certain level of savings and then you'll blow it all. Or maybe it's your weight. Maybe you'll get down to your ideal weight and then you'll have, an, you'll have a massive um, week or two of just binge eating and drinking and you blow that right out. Where is it that that set point, whether it be a set point of savings or a set point of wealth or a set point of weight and a set point of health, where is it that by staying at that level, you're maintaining connection with someone you care about? That's a really good question to ask is, 
maybe if you're trying to lose weight and you come from a family of um, people that just love food and that's how you connect and that's how you you share experiences and all that kind of stuff and your, your whole family is quite overweight. If that is the case, you losing weight unconsciously might be, a, you might be fearful that if you lose too much weight, well, then you're going to lose connection with your family. You're not going to have anything in common with them anymore and you're going to create a disconnect. And so unconsciously, that is a pattern that causes people to put weight back on, for example. But once you can actually be aware of why you why you put the weight back on or why you blow your savings, you can actually start to, to stop that pattern in its in as it as it's going you can feel yourself maybe going to have a blowout weekend of food and drink or maybe you feel like you're just going to blow all the savings that you just you just spent so long accumulating and you feel that kind of compulsive action and if you're able to interrupt that and choose differently well then that is how you break the unconscious pattern by doing a different outcome by by having the and by being aware of these unconscious patterns it actually, instead of just something happening and you responding, something happens and you're aware of it and you actually, instead of going down that normal response, you have the space to out of choose how to respond differently. You have the space and ability to choose how you're able to, what kind of behavior you want to create and how that's going to be more in line with your values and what you want to create. So this is how, and you do that pattern, you do that, you catch that old pattern long enough Eventually, it's going to lose its power and you're going to be able to move and move forward with either your health and, and losing weight, for example, or creating more savings and, and growing your business, for example, with so much more ease. You won't have to try and force your way through this. So this is why human connection is just so important. Not only is it absolutely necessary for our health and well-being, but it is also necessary for our growth and us being able to consciously create what it is that we want in life. And when you're aware of these unconscious patterns that are holding you back, well, then you can start to break them down. Now, one of the things I will say is that during this whole coronavirus situation, we've got the social distancing and the social isolation and all this kind of stuff. We're more disconnected than ever. So I want, I want to leave this podcast today with a call out. I want you to call out and check in on your friends, check in on your family um, have a Zoom date, have a Zoom coffee, do something with your family or with your friends to reconnect. Because in this time of in the world where we're all so isolated physically because of um, this whole pandemic, um, when when you feel so isolated, it's so important to reconnect because we know that that isolation is going to have impacts on people's health. And so if you're able to reach out and connect with your friends and family, well, then that's going to go a long way to helping them stay healthy during this weird time in the world. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. That is episode number six. Um, like, as always, if this message has resonated with you, if, if this has really, you've got a lot of out of this episode, please share it with others in your pack because chances are the people in your pack are also going to resonate with this and appreciate this message and the more people that can start to understand the power that they have over their own minds and bodies well the world is going to be a much better place and a much less stressed um, strung out place so please share this message with your friends and family 
Um, and also, please feel free to um, connect with me. You can connect with me on Instagram at Jake underscore Curry. Um, and tag me in your posts. Tag me in your takeaways um, on your stories, for example. Um, and if you have any questions, please just drop an email to info at mindbodymasters.com. And I might even be able to use one of your questions um, as like a Q&A in a future episode. So thanks again for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.